Broadcasting from Orchard Park, New York, and Boca Raton, Florida, you are listening to Freight 360. Whether it's breaking news, tips to increase your business, or just some good old sports talk, this podcast is all about having a conversation about the world of freight. I'm your host, Nate Cross. And Benjamin Kowalski. Let's talk freight. All right, welcome back for episode 73 of Freight 360. That kind of almost rhymes, Ben. 73, Freight 360. You know what I'm saying? A little alliteration. <laughs> Today's episode is going to be all about cash flow. We're going to talk about some factoring. Uh, whether you are a licensed broker, an agent, or a W-2, this is relevant because we want you to understand the process behind all of it and why certain customers may or may not be eligible for credit lines based on their days to pay and how it affects cash flow. And a factoring company may even deny them or not be as apt to, uh, you know, to bring them in as well. So um, as a special guest today, we've got Mr. Mac Green from Triumph Business Capital. Mac, welcome to Freight 360, man. We're super, super excited to have you. And you're from Alabama, right? Yeah, thanks for but, having me. But it's, not, but it's not Roll Tide. No, it's the other one. War Eagle. <laughs> attaboy, attaboy. Um, well, hey, we're, we're glad to have you. Uh, we, we like to, Ben and I obviously like to bring on subject matter experts in their field. And uh, are, you a, are you an account manager with Triumph? Is that what it is? No, I'm a, a sales rep. Sales rep. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. So, so you know what you're talking about, obviously, which is a good thing. Um, well, cool. So we're, we're going to get into cash flow and, and factoring here shortly. Just wanted to give you a quick intro. Um, but first, I do want to hit on a couple of quick sports updates. Good morning and condolences, Nate. I yeah. was pulling for you. You know what? Great showing. Great Bill's season. Ha- Best Bill's in, what, 25 ha- years? Season. Yeah. <laughs> first time to the AFC Championship. I'm just glad it, it wasn't like a close game with a heartbreak loss by a field goal or something. It was a, it was a two-score game, so... And a stretch on that. It was like a three or four score game at one point. So yeah, the 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 Chiefs, the Chiefs showed up the Bills. We wish them luck. Although I have picked uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to to win because I just think Tom Brady. I've seen him break my heart in the AFC East too many times. I know what he's gonna do. So, well, has Mac, he ever played against think? Mahomes? Have there? Yeah, they, yeah, they've played against each other. What did the What was the last outcome? Uh, I think didn't they play this year? Let's see, Chiefs, Bucks. Um, they played this year, and the Chiefs won by a field goal. That was like mid-season November. Yeah, because they were saying it's a rematch. Um, I don't know. Bucks got really hot at the end of the season, though, in my opinion. So, you think? You know what's funny though is they the Bucks lost by three points. Or I should say the Chiefs won by three points last time and they're favored by three points this time. So, yeah. Interesting. Mahomes is a beast. I don't know. I, I'm not they're a Brady fan. Being I'm Brady's going to play like 60. Oh, uh, yeah. I, uh, I mean, he's a hell of a quarterback, but same here. As a Pittsburgh fan, the flake gate and everything that I remember in the early 2000s dude, is. I'm with you. As a, as a Bills fan that never could win the AFC East because he was in it. Yeah. I feel the pain. But I gotta give credit where credit's due. Mac, what do you think? Are you, do you have a, any thoughts on the Super Bowl? Zero, man. If it was college football, I'd tell you something. Okay. All right. Well, who did you uh, have? Who did you have uh, earlier in the month? Did you have Ohio State or Alabama? 
Oh, Alabama. That team I went with Ohio State. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Oh well. Well, I think actually I had L- I had Ohio State to cover the spread. They didn't even do that, so <laughs> it was rough. Anyway, yeah, Alabama. I don't know, man. Their recruiting is ridiculous, and those guys they've got on the field. They're just there's no way to compete with them. At least yeah. this year there wasn't. Yep, they've got they've got all the tools that they need on the field. And speaking of tools, let's talk about our friends over at DAT before we get into the episode. So DAT has a a full full line of products and tools out there for especially for our listeners to get a free month. So DAT Power, it's a really good load board for brokers, and it's got uh, if you're a broker carrier, it's a really good one. Um, Dat Express and Dat Trucker's Edge also standalone. Um, make sure to check them out. They've got a ton of other really good tools as well with, with rate view and with a lot of their carrier onboarding stuff. Check them out at DAT.com. Uh, but let's get into the episode. Speaking of, of good tools to have, whether it's on the field like Alabama or as a freight broker with DAT's products, let's talk about having some tools like knowledge when it comes to cash flow. Nice ben, you segue. have a banking background, right? Nice segue. Like right? That. That was Smooth. good. Impressive. <laughs> I mean, one of the biggest things from, I mean, even a banking perspective or any perspective, right, is the primary job of a freight broker, right, is they go and secure capacity for shippers, right? But in order to do so, there is a, a big timing difference there. Carriers do not typically get paid at the same time frame or before or after you get paid from your shippers, right? Shippers are typically 30 days, 45 days. I have customers and had customers that were 60 days and that was their protocol. That was their SOP. Nobody I've seen a hundred days. The large ones, the Walmarts, they, they will do it because they know they can. They can. They have the leverage, right? And they've got the business. And if you want to work with them, those are the terms. A lot of the big steamship lines, same, 60 days plus. Now, when you've got to pay your carriers in a few days, 14 days, and a much shorter time frame, that provides a gap. Now, what's important to understand, whether you're new to this business, whether you're thinking about opening a brokerage or whether you've been running one for a while is, one, that gap needs to be filled somehow, either from retained earnings, cash that you've already made and earned that you have sitting in a bank account, or two, a line of credit, and a third is a factoring company. Now, what that really is, is they bridge that gap. And the irony or the, the catch 22 here is the better you are at your job, the more customers you have and the more business you do, the larger that gap gets and the larger that number gets, right? Yeah. Yep. So what I wanted to hit on here is we'll just kind of for the sole purpose of this episode, let's give some, some dummy numbers here. Let's say you're paying carriers in 21 days. I think 21 to 30 is pretty standard across the board. The faster you can pay carriers, the better you're going to look. And then obviously you're going to offer the quick pay. You might have a one day, three day, five day, seven day, whatever. A lot of those options. Um, And let's say your customer's paying in 45 on average because they might. And hey, if you're slow to invoice them, they're not going to pay you any faster because you were slow to invoice them. It's you got to get your invoicing squared away. But that carrier, they want payment as soon as they invoice you. So you better turn around and get those invoices out ASAP. Um, whether it's within a couple of days, absolutely within the week. Um, but same days optimal if you can do it. But um, so yeah, let's, let's look at that. So you said having cash on hand, so retained earnings, money in the bank, that can be 
I mean, that's, that's ideal, right? There's yeah. No cost to it. It, it's a safe way to operate business. Um, you know, a lot of people will say three to six months having the bank. And here's now, a word of caution, right? Because that number starts to become permanent financing within your company. So yep. let's say you're operating at a hundred thousand dollars a month, right? And you're paying your, you're paying your carriers in your instance, three weeks before you get paid, right? So let's say that when you run those numbers, it ends up being a hundred thousand dollars in that gap. If you continue to do the same amount of business with that customer and the same business with those carriers, that becomes a permanent cash flow gap within your business. It never yep. gets paid back because as soon as you get paid for yesterday's loads, you create today's loads. Yep. And it's still value in the company because on, yes. on your balance sheet at the end of the day, you're going to have your AR and your AP. It's going to balance out. Yep. Um, yeah. It's even worse if you're, if you're, planning to grow your business from 100,000 to 500,000. And walk us through that, Mac, because that's the question, right? Is when you are selling more and doing more loads with either a new customer or an existing customer, that becomes the problem, right? So yeah, absolutely. walk us through how you guys support that and how you're able to help companies really grow. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, there, first off, there's two ways you can do that. You can go to the bank, right, and hope that you get approved. The bank's going to maybe give you a $200,000 line of credit. You've worked at a bank. It's hard to get that 200000 raised to 400000 or 500000 or a million. Right? And why? So stop right there. So when you go to a bank, right, they're going to look for some things like, one, you're personally going to guarantee it. Two, a bank is going to want collateral. That is physical assets, either trucks, building, your personal home, whatever they can to make sure that is secured. But the next thing for a bank loan is they don't have the ability because there's a process set in that to increase any line of credit that is going to take a number of weeks. On average, it takes about 30 to 45 days to increase or even get somebody to review an increase in a line of credit, right? So right. to Max's point, if you just closed a big customer and they want to do significant business with you, you're going to tell your customer you can't take it for 45 days? Like <laughs> you've got your hands tied there, right? Right, right. And that and that's where factoring can be a huge benefit because we'll take you from a hundred thousand dollars to a million in six months. That's what you want to do. Right. So like we just care about how good your debtors are. So how does how does that work then? So let's say I, I'm uh we're, we'll talk right about factoring right now. So obviously factoring is is when you're going to basically sell your receivables to yeah of company that's going to pay them for you at a, at a cost. Yeah. With Triumph does. So yeah. let's say I come in, I do a million bucks a year. No, let's say I do half a million a year and I come in there. So I'm doing, what is that? 80 K a month, something like that. Um, I mean, is there, do you get me set up? And then there's like a limit to how much I can actually run through you guys, or is it every invoice has to go through you guys? Can I pick and choose? How does that all work out? Well, some, I mean, some factoring companies are that way. Right, but we we do almost a billion dollars a month. So See, almost a billion. Yeah, so even like a ten million dollar account, somebody that's doing ten million dollars a month is only one percent of our portfolio, right? So a lot of guys are starting out and they're going to these small factoring companies. Well, ten million dollars might be fifty percent of the smaller factoring companies' portfolio, and there's yep. no way that they're going to take that risk over their portfolio. Sure. Right. Yeah. And so for us, we are 
a lot easier. It's a lot easier to to get your credit increased with us, and it's all about the data, right? So, you know, is it Halliburton? Yeah, you know, Halliburton's going to pay us back. Now, is it you know some local nursery that is selling plants that does? Yeah. You know, so. so it, yeah, that's so. Kind of, you, do you do you issue is factoring credit or is factoring I guess approved on a per customer basis? Then, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all it's all about your debt, right? Yep. It's all about who your customer is, how they pay, they've got good credit, and what their their revenue is. So this is and this is great because it's exactly what Ben Ben what you and I have talked about when it comes to approving customers in the past and the things that we want to look at just because you let's say you have a receivables insurance company like a, a Euler or a QBE or you name it right let's say you've got one of those or maybe you don't maybe you self-insure right if you don't feel comfortable or your AR insurance company doesn't feel comfortable giving credit don't think a factoring company is just gonna be like oh yeah let's do it no. hell yeah boys no it doesn't work that way yeah well, I mean, that, that's the thing, you know, if you go out of business, it's not good for us. Right. Right. And so part of our responsibility is saying, Hey, look, this guy, all of a sudden he was at 40 days to pay. Now he's paying 60 days. There's something going on with him internally. We got to stop tackling him. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and, and it's not always an easy conversation because, you know, you get attached to your customers and you know the guy and you work with him, but at some point, you know, you got to make that business decision of, I'm not going to risk my business because I like this guy, right? Yeah. And, it's, and that's one of the, the benefits of working with a factoring company is we're kind of going to be the, the guy that's like, hey, we don't know this guy and he ain't paying his bills. We got it. You're subjective. Yeah. yeah. You can look at it clearly subjectively and not with the, you know, kind of like the psychological bias of the business owners looking at like, Hey, yep. well, there's more money I can go own. Yeah. Right. Like there's more business, there's more opportunity. I want this. Right. And that's yeah. really, I think why a lot of smaller brokers end up in this problem to begin with is looking and seeing the dollars that they're booking every day and not realizing that in some cases, like, it's not crazy for a shipper to finance their business by doing this, using brokers and then not paying them so that they can free up cash. Because from Absolutely. their point of view, that's money that they didn't spend. No doubt. So so do you guys look at, because here's, here's something that I've always thought about when I look at approving a customer for credit. I've always looked at their days to pay, but also the margin at which they were um, producing business. So let's say someone had a small credit line, like 10 K and we wanted to bump them up to like hundred K or 50 K. And we're like, ah, they're paying kind of slow. It's like 60 days. It's like, but if they have, you know, really good margin, if we're, if we're making X amount of money on them, or do you guys not care at all about that? Cause you're just, man, you're, you're, you're just, you're getting a, yeah, really a percentage that sort of thing. The that top. sort of thing is going to, is going to be up to our, our credit analyst. Okay. Right. Like I would, I would never be able to, to tell you what they would decide on that. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, I do think that we're kind of the industry standard when it does come to credit, we've got a great credit department. Um, and I think a lot of people 
follow a lot of other factoring companies kind of follow what we're doing when it comes to that. A, you know, we are, we're the biggest factoring company, but you know, we don't have a lot of items. I think, you know, I remember we did, um, we had a, a sales meeting and I think that year we'd done $600 million a month in invoicing. So, you know, that's what, like 7.2 billion that year. And we'd written off like a million dollars in that day. Wow. Right. That's and impressive. And so, yeah. And so, so that's the, you had a million in bad debt. That's what it came out to be. Yeah. And wow. so our, our credit department is, they know what they're doing. Right. And, and that's the same thing with you. It's like, you know, it, it's one of those things that comes down to, do you want to trust the experts or not? Right. Like this is all those credit guys do is look at businesses, check credit. You know, we're approving something like 80,000 debtors right now. And, and, you know, we've got a whole team that that's all they do. So it's specialization, right? And, yeah. and you and I talked about this on another call, right? It's do what you do well. And Nate and I talk about this as it relates to owning a brokerage versus starting in the agency. It's if you can focus on the income driving activities, right? Getting new shippers, getting more business, managing those customers, the things that put more dollars in your bank account, the better, right? We don't want to be doing everything. And the amount of time that some of these small business owners spend on these activities is the reason they're not making the activity or the call numbers that they should to actually hit their growth goals, right? And it's this catch-22, right? Yeah. Hey, let somebody does do this that specializes in it so you can do what you should be specializing, which is getting more business, not doing credit analyst work without the background and credit analysis, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and do you want to, you want to hire a credit analyst? You want to have him, you know, as a, as an employee and have to pay everything, or do you want to have a company like us that's got it all in house? So I right? will, I will tell you that there is definitely a, there's definitely a size that you get to when you want to have that in house, but let's be honest. I mean, less than 1% of the brokers are actually at that size. Those are your big, your big boy, either large W2 organizations or uh, agent-based companies that are doing 100 million plus a year and they're adding, you know, 20 new customers a day. So it's a full-time right. job. And, and here, here's what's cool about that, right? If you factor with Triumph and you get yourself to that, that size, then we can graduate you over to our Triumph page product. I don't know if y'all y'all know what that is, but that's just where Triumph handles the accounts payable to the to the trucking companies. Right. So it's so, not you're no longer factoring your AR, you're doing basically yeah, a, we just handle your AP for you. Okay. So talk a little bit about that because that's the part that I also want to make sure that we walk through and explain. There are two different types of factoring, right? You have your customers which pay you but then you also have your carriers, right? And that which you pay, right? Right. And I wanted, Mac and I had a really good conversation about this in regards to, I mean, a lot of the small business owners that spend a dozen hours a week going through carrier pay invoices and going through that and dealing with the carriers factoring company, right? And those phone calls and such. Talk to us a little bit about how you guys work through that and what that really means. Yeah, okay, so... I guess let, let's do a scenario. Okay. You're one of my factoring customers. 
right? And and just say, I don't know, you're at two percent, right? What we do is we'll advance ninety five percent on a load. Okay. Right? So ninety five percent advance to the carrier. Right. No, upon invoice to the and, and that can all this is, is just hypothetical. It can yeah. change. You would that maybe advance to the broker and, correct? Do what? If I'm the broker and I'm getting I'm paying a two percent fee to you, that's what you said, you're gonna advance me ninety five percent of the invoice amount. And then I'm right. assuming once it's settled, the other five percent or the other three percent I'd get. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. Now, on a thousand dollar invoice, say that you're paying the carrier eight hundred bucks, mm-hmm. right? We're gonna hold that eight hundred dollars to pay the carrier in twenty one days. Okay. Okay. Unless that carrier opts for a quick pay. Okay. And we do a two percent quick pay, right? And I I get a percent of it, and you get a percent. Of it. Okay, so the brokerage gets to keep 1% of the quick pay, yeah, Triumph yeah. gets 1% of it, and you guys pay that carrier upon the request, really. And within 48 hours, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then as soon as they, we get the invoice, we hold the $800 for the, the carrier. They, like you said, you'll get 150 up front. And then when the, the shipper pays you, you get your 3% back. Right. So uh, I got it. So here's something that's new to me that because I've never used a factoring company and I didn't know this. I assumed that you're just handling the AR and not actually paying the carrier as well. You're doing all of it. Yeah. And it's not even, I mean, and, and this is what's cool about trying. Right. So you're probably dealing with a lot of emails with, you know, the trucking company sending you your rate times and the bill ratings and the invoice and then you've got to upload that into your PMS and all that junk, right? It's a lot of admin work. So, you know, like with the major brokers, like CH Robinson, the carrier just uploads the paperwork into their web portal and then CH Robinson marks it as good pay. Yep. And then, you know, and then they set the clock. It's the same thing with, with our brokers on the Triumph Pay portal. So each carrier will be set up with the Triumph Pay portal that they submit their paperwork to. And then you go in there and you mark it as good as you can pay. We're integrated with a lot of TMSs on that. You know, I generally say start out with the SIN TMS because we're partnered with the SIN and we'll pay for it for the first year. But it's definitely one of those things that you can outgrow. And you might want to build your own. Right? I've seen them popping up everywhere now. Didn't yeah. they market themselves as like the free TMS for a while? It's like a it's well, a they are they they have a free version, and but the 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 premium version is only like sixty bucks a month for three users, and it it's good enough, right? Like I've I've never had one of my broker clients get on it and say they didn't like it or it didn't work for them. Now I've had guys that have outgrown it. Right. And they build their own TMS or whatever. But, you know, what you can use, what is it, the cloud or what's one of the big TMS? You got McLeod, LJX, DAT has one. They've got, uh, it's just called Broker TMS, used to be Point, I believe. But but McLeod's like 20 20 grand up front, something like that, I think. You know, one of of those are, are, is it higher than that? (laughs) Yeah. And so it's like, look, what size you know, broker you are. 
It, well, and, and that's the thing. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, okay, you can put all that money up front or use one that's going to be good enough for now while you're growing. And, you know, you might really like it and might be what you need or you can graduate out of it. But what's, what's cool about it, us is if you use Ascend, it's all integrated, right? So you're building your load in, in Ascend. The carrier's uploading the paperwork to the, the Triumph Pay portal. Your marketing is good to go. It sends it over to Ascend. And then you come over to us and you push one button and it sends it over to us so that we, we pay it. Right. So all that emails and uploading and all that stuff is, is off the table. You don't have and to you do think it. about that, right? Like from a perspective of a broker that did this every day, right? I had a team, I think at most was right around 12 people is when you're doing a couple hundred loads a week, a couple hundred thousand dollars, right? In invoices and every single load you run now requires that carry to send you an email. It requires you to look at that email, open the attachments, verify it, and go through all of those process. It becomes incredibly time consuming. And being able to do what you're saying, that's what I did. I mean, I worked for one of the larger brokerages. That was all I did. I would go into my AR report. In fact, I didn't even do that. I delegated that because I knew that wasn't making me money. And I paid someone literally to just go into the loads every day and click and verify and send those to accounting. And that was it. And that alone still took up somebody a full-time job just doing what you're saying. And if you can imagine what that looks like when you're doing all of that work, sit down. And, and I ask anybody out there that's running a brokerage that is doing this manually to do a log and just jot down daily or weekly how many hours you spend doing this activity. And then look at how many hours you spend actually prospecting. And if that number you spend doing accounting work is larger than prospecting, you have the reason why you didn't grow as fast as you should have last year. It's that yeah. simple. Yeah. Or so, even if it's 25%, right? Yeah. I mean, 25% is a ton of time that you can Enormous. be selling. It's almost a full day a week. It's more than a full day a week, right? right. So I, I got a few questions for you here, Mac. I, we talked about a lot of the pros of factoring. Obviously, it's going to allow you to grow at a at really an unrestricted speed versus if you had to grow at the speed of cash. Um now, let me ask you this. If, if somebody is is totally like anti, I don't want a line of credit or debt, factoring to me doesn't sound like it's borrowing money. It sounds like you're really, you're paying for a service. Am I, am I misunderstanding? I mean, no, I mean, it's still a finance company, is, right? But is it, and, and is it debt and there, and in any way, shape or form? Well, there's, there's two time, types of, of factoring. Um, there's recourse and there's non-recourse. Um, we do non-recourse to trucking companies. We don't do non-recourse to brokers. So do right? you know so, so what recourse is? Recourse is your personal guarantee. Non-recourse means you aren't on the hook to pay that bill. Recourse means you are. Right. Oh. But look, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, that's part of the reason that we hold that 3% reserve, right? So we're holding 3% and it'll go into a cash reserve if you want it to. But you want that little bit of reserve just in case something happens with the debtor. And generally, we're pretty good at saying, oh, hey, this guy, it's looking like he's getting, it's getting dangerous. We got to cut him off, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're doing that for your benefit and we're doing it for our benefit. Sure. Because Absolutely. look, if, 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 if this puts you out of business, then you ain't going to – Nobody's getting paid that. Nobody wins. Right? And and we don't 
we don't want to go into collections and all that stuff. Like that's just, you know, it's more hassle than anything. That's why when we say, Hey, stop doing, doing this, stop doing it. Right. Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, I had a broker one time where that's, he did one of those, he did it outside of us, which you're supposed to, you're supposed to factor all your invoices with us. And so we're, we're guaranteeing payment to the carriers. So the, the, the carrier is guaranteed. Payment, right. Mm-hmm. And that's a big thing. If, if, look, if your credit has slipped or, you know, you're within your first year and you've grown to a certain level and you want to keep on growing, look, you know, Triumph is all sudden guaranteeing the carrier is going to get paid. The other factoring companies know that. The yeah. carriers know that. You know, everybody knows who Triumph is. We're a publicly traded bank, so they they can go and look at our balance sheet and know that we're strong. And um, and on top of that, you get the check mark with the plus sign on DAT, right? Because we're partnered with DAT, and and that's a big deal. It is because carriers look for that, right? Carriers are looking oh, at when absolutely. before they take a load is how quick am I getting paid and what is the credit worthiness of this broker? Everybody yep. knows and anybody that's been in the industry more than a year knows that it is not uncommon for brokers to be in business one day and not the next. And the carriers don't want to be caught in that ever. So I've got a, I got another question for you, Mac. Uh, we talked about graduating from a TMS and getting your own. Should somebody have the end goal of not having to factor anymore? I know that's kind of a weird question to ask you because you work for Triumph, but wouldn't it would seem logical to me that if you can get to a point to cash flow it on your own and save a couple percent off your top line, that would be an ideal situation or is that not very common? I Yeah, I mean, it's, it's common. Um, and I think that that's a, a good goal. Like, no doubt, but but the difference between us and other factoring companies is we're bank, right? So our cost of funds are zero. Most factoring companies are getting a loan from the bank, right? Mm-hmm. So, so the better your debtors are, the faster they're paying, the lower our rates. So, so there's a few things that, that will decide how we charge, right? Or a couple of things. It's who your debtors are and how fast they pay. And what okay. your volume is. Yep. Right. Okay. So, you know, you might have a guy who's doing a million dollars a month in invoicing, but it's all of his pay, debtors pay in 45 days, who's going to be higher than a guy that's doing $500,000 a month, but his debtors are paying 30, right? And, um, and so, you know, one of the things that we can do is is we can also graduate people to line credit when they plateaued and they're not going to grow anymore. Um, but also with us, it's, if you graduate and you, you know, say that you get to the $5 million a month, which is a big broker, right? Mm-hmm. We'll graduate. We can graduate you over to the Triumph Pay Portal where we just handle, handle the account payable. You know, and, and the way that we're making our money on that is it's the 1% quick pay fee. And then there's usually a per invoice fee, right? I, got I don't you. know what that is. Maybe it's a dollar or something like that. Cool. And it's a lot cheaper and you still don't have to get an account payable to follow. 
I got a, I've got a scenario question. This is actually real world and happened to me. One of my agents actually like two weeks ago, and I'm curious what you would have to say about it. And then I think, I think we're going to head into our Q and a at that point. But so the, the agent had a load that picked up and the carrier was using a factoring company. I don't know which factoring company it was. Um, they took a fuel advance after they picked up the load. Okay. And then the truck broke down right after they got the fuel advance had to be transloaded to another carrier. And then it ends up that the, the, the new rate for that first carrier, the adjusted rate was less than what they were forwarded as a fuel advance by the factoring company. Yikes. So the agent was all worried. Like, <laughs> like, Oh crap. Like, is this going to come back on me? And I was like, we didn't issue a fuel advance. No, we didn't issue it out. The advance came from the carriers factoring company. They broke down didn't have another truck to come in and take it. So we had to go find another carrier to come transload and move that. Yeah. That's well, going to be, that's going to be on that other factoring company. Yes. Right? And, and that other factoring company will get their money back. Oh yeah. Right. For sure. So, so yeah, that's not on you. you Whether it's out of another there. invoice or whatever, they're, they're yeah. definitely getting it back. I agree. Yeah. They're, they're going to get it back. Hey, and that's the thing is like, you know, like say he was one of my carriers and that happened, you know, that's not covered under non-recourse. Non-recourse doesn't cover like damages or showing up late or anything like that. So, you know, he was, he showed up late. He had to get that load repowered and he didn't deliver it. So a, it wouldn't be a factable load. And if I'd advanced, done a fuel advance on it, I'd say, Hey man, you know, you owe me. Yep. X number of dollars. So yeah, but, I I know. I was just curious. I you know that she was so worried. She's like, "Is this gonna come back on me?" And I'm like, "No, I'm yeah. like, you didn't issue the advance because at, at my company, my agents can issue advances out themselves. There's not an actual um, person that has to approve it. They're all yeah. they're all given approval to give their own advances. So she's like, "Ah," and I'm like, "You didn't actually give it out. Don't worry." So, well, and, and here's another. Good thing. So, have you ever heard the term factoring fatigue? No. So, it's a, like a mix it's a, of factoring and catastrophe? No, no, no. So, there's there's two types of factoring companies when it comes to collections. There's the ones that are like super aggressive and call you every single day mm-hmm. to try to figure out where their money is. And then there's the ones that are somewhat passive, right? Because they don't want to mess up a relationship with a, that a carrier has with a shipper or a broker or you with a broker and your shipper. And, and that's kind of how we look at it. It's like, look, you know, we're, we're going to do some collecting and, and that sort of thing. But for the most part, we, we want you to be the face of, of your company and we want you to maintain your relationships on that. End, right. Yeah. That makes sense. And, and so one of the things that the the major brokers hate is the number of phone calls they get from factoring companies where they're wondering where the money is. And those collection calls will happen, they'll start happening like five days later. Yeah, it's super irritating. Right. And so one of the things that's one of the reasons that we created that the the triumph pay portal is you don't need it, you don't call us, you don't call the other the the broker if you want to see when that load is going to pay you log in 
you look at it, you know, the, right. And, and yeah. so that's another thing is that we're going to, you're not going to have to worry about the factoring companies calling you all the time wondering where the money or the carrier for that matter, because all they have to do is log in and see when their, their payments going to Yep. Love it. Factoring and, and cash flow. And, and speaking of, we talked a lot about specialization. One of the reasons why we're partnering with Lean Staffing is specifically for this, right? Nate and I are using them. They're going to be building out our new website. Why? Because we aren't in the website building game. We know where our value add is, and it's not in learning the technology and building that out. So we outsource it so we can keep bringing you more content. The same for your brokerages, right? They've got a nearshore option in Columbia where you will have full-time employees working for your brokerage at a fraction of the cost. And it's one of the reasons like, I know I'm going to be excited over the next year or so when, you know, Nate and I actually get to probably travel down to Columbia, Columbia! meet some of our staff down there. But I mean, they've been great (laughs) partners to work with. And if you're looking for more information, you can find the links in our show notes or reach out to Trey Griggs on LinkedIn. He is readily available out there. Absolutely. Do they need a factor? Because I'd love to go to Columbia too. (laughs) <laughs> we were talking about it. delegation earlier, Mac. Maybe there we can go, there you go. Uh, good. Let's get into some Q&A to wrap up the episode here. I got three questions. Um, so this one, this is interesting. Someone asked how to transition from a carrier to a broker. Um, now, let me give a context because we often get the question of, I want to get out of the truck and become a broker. Well, this one was actually different. The guy ran a fairly successful, large fleet-sized carrier for – a number of years, and but it was just an asset-based company, never had a brokerage division. I said, how do I transition to doing that? Um, <clears throat> if it was me, I would probably keep the carrier division and open a brokerage division to your, your uh, transportation company. You can either get your own authority and do it that way. I've even had, I've had um, in the agent world, I've had carriers that have come and be, open an agency to run their, their broker business through. So they still are the main point of contact for their customer if they've got direct shippers, but now if they don't have the equipment or they can't service that equipment type or that lane, they can broker it out to a third-party carrier under either their own broker MC or if they're an agent partnered with another broker, they could do it that way. So that's what I would do if you're just trying to close the shop on your carrier business. Uh, you're going to be starting an uphill battle with no ongoing other business or customers. So you kind of a, a tough one. Ben, well, I think you- this is, I think this is a great one. I mean, if you've got business and you're running a fleet, you also have assets and you've got customer relationships. Um, one of the things to be cognizant of is having a separate entity so that you're not commingling your assets and your collateral with the new company. So it's definitely something you want to talk through with somebody, whether it's us or an attorney. But the other piece of that is you'll look at most of your dedicated contracts. Most will require that they're moved on your dedicated assets. Yep. So you're not able to just start brokering loads that were tendered to you as an asset company, typically. Right. Now, what you can no, you're do ab- though you're is- You're absolutely not able to. That's, right. that's double brokering. It's if, you, they, if the customer likes the relationship and likes working yes. with you, this is where it's beneficial. And then you go back to said customer and say, hey, we are building out our brokerage to support our assets, to be able to provide additional capacity. Are there any other lanes that we could look to work on with you? 
it's much easier to grow from existing than it is to start from scratch. And I think you're positioned very well. If you've done great business and you've created good relationships, having a brokerage is something I would encourage a lot of asset companies to do if they, you know, really have the desire to. Mac yep. and I talked about that the other day about how much easier it is for a trucking company to get into brokerage because they own assets, have those relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, in my experience, because here, here's the, here's one of the, the great things about Triumph. And it's one of the things that's a pain about being a sales guy. Right. So we won't work with brokers that do under 50,000 a month, unless they have a trucking company attached and we can factor the trucking company. And, and y'all know, I mean, it's hard to start a brokerage. It's competitive. The people you're selling against are hungry and you're dealing with companies that have billions of dollars of assets. Oh yeah. Or you're competing against guys with billions of dollars of assets. If you've got some trucks, you know, and I I think the magic number is probably around five. I was going to say five to seven is probably your sweet spot. You can dedicate that. Right. And exactly. That's when you can actually go to shippers and say, Hey, I've got five trucks. Can I start, you know, taking your, your freight directly. And they'll, and, and that's kind of where people get, you know, where those shippers, their attention gets beat. So, you know, I generally tell people, it's like, look, you know, don't start a brokerage until you get to that five truck. Right. And then when you start making those relationships and actually developing that, that's when you can go to your shipper. You've done a really good job for him. He yep. loves you. And you're like, hey, man, look, you know, I'm going to start this brokerage. Can I take some of your overflow? Yep. Right? I've, had, I've had people that approach me with one truck. They were like, yeah, I want to <clears throat> I want to become a, a broker now. Can I become an agent with you? And it's like, no. Like, well, well I've got, I got 40 customers. It's like, well, no, you've hauled, for 40, <laughs> you've hauled 40 different loads for 40 different shippers in the last six months and you either got them from a broker or maybe a couple you got yourself, but you're not ready. You're not there yet. Well, so. like I talk to guys all the time, they're one truck and you know, they want their wife to start making some revenue. So they're going to start a brokerage. So their wife can move loads for them or guys that decide that they're one truck and they're going to move loads, you know, on their brakes and, and, all that. Their truck. It's like, man, that's never yeah. going to work. It's not going to work. And, and some, <laughs> so you got, sometimes they listen to me. And, be some, a broker and people don't realize yeah. that. Yeah. And sometimes they listen to me and sometimes they don't. It's like, man, focus on, on growing your trucking company. Focus on growing yep. your trucking company. If you want to make more revenue, grow your trucking company and then graduate to having a broker. Because, look, I, it's hard for me to get through to some of these guys to understand make them understand how competitive it is to be a broker. Like you got to be on your game and you got to be hungry if you want to be successful. You're, you're speaking the truth that we talk all the time. I love it. Yep. All right. Let's get to the next question. That was a good one. The next one, um, w- the pros and cons of rating per mile versus all in flat rates. <clears throat> all right. I'm just going to say I'm a huge fan of all in flat rates for the fact of simplicity, I've seen the disaster of hundred weight and per bag when it comes to potatoes and onions and the scale, they don't scale the full amount. And then there's a discrepancy in the amount paid to the carrier versus what the customer, it just, dude, it gets, 
anytime you can avoid line items, I'm all about avoiding line items. Because what happens if that, if the rate or the mileage changes just ever so slightly or whatever, it just, it gives you reason for potential error. And it doesn't add any value. Like I, right. I've done it occasionally because there are some customers that will ask for that. And hey, in those especially cases, they'll want to know your, yeah. I will. And I will try to match the carrier up with the same type of pay or charges that I'm getting charged. Right. So if my customer, if my customer wants, like if they're potatoes and it's a hundred weight or if it's per mile, those are about the only times where I will try to do that with the carrier. And that's just to make sure that the variable is the same on both sides and I don't get squeezed in the middle. But other than that, Flat rate win at all possible. Yeah. So the produce one, for example, um, I agree. If you're gonna if you're gonna do a a non all in rate for your customer, you've got to pass it through to your carrier to avoid any kind of issues. Because um, let's say you're getting seven dollars per bag of potatoes, and then you're gonna pay a carrier five dollars and seventy five cents per bag of potatoes, and you could tell them on their rate sheet that if you load to the full 42,000 pounds, your rate will be whatever, right? But you need to load to the full 42,000 pounds to receive that. Otherwise you are paid a prorated amount at $5 and 75 cents per bag loaded. So otherwise, if you just give them that flat rate and they only load to 39,000, you're probably losing money on that load because you're paying them full out and you're getting paid. You're going to get shorted by your customer. So have y'all ever had issues with factoring companies? when you've done the, the weight and per mile? Because I know that that's not something we like to do. <clears throat> um, well, like I said, I've never worked with a brokerage that has factored, but obviously carriers factor. Well, for the carrier. Yeah, yeah for the right. So um, I dealt with a lot of the issues, but I don't, I know that the example I just gave you, I dealt with hundreds of them with a certain account years past. And we had to, we, we worked through it and got it squared away. I don't remember if it was if it involved any factored uh, carrier invoices. I probably did. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine if we had a hundred loads, one of them was factored. I have no idea though. Yeah, I, I just didn't know if it was harder to move those loads. Nobody likes doing those. That. They're yeah. they're a mess. They're an absolute mess. They really are. So, yeah. Good stuff. All right. Final question. This is a quick. This is a quick and easy one. Starting as a broker next month is having a TMS a necessity. Ben? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Unequivocal yes. We don't even really need to get farther in that. <laughs> hey, at least they're asking the questions, though. They are. I mean, and if if you're new and you're thinking about getting started, just check out our website. We got Freight360.net. We got all kinds of blogs, videos, the podcast. Typically, what we do is whatever topic we discuss, there's, there's three ways to get it. You can get the full episode of a podcast. You can get a blog post that relates to it or a quick video from Ben. So we try to make it however you want to consume our stuff, consume it that way, right? If you're a podcast in the car, if you're a YouTube on the phone or computer, or if you're reading on your lunch break or before bed, I don't care. Whatever is your thing, do it. So, but yeah, I'm glad they asked the question, you know, educate yourself. Yep. And that and that and all your other good, uh, you know, broker one-on-one things will be addressed in our upcoming deliverable in uh, in Q2 on you know your your basics of freight brokering and how to get started. So, looking forward to that. Same here. 
Any final thoughts, Mac? Nah, man. Thanks for having me on. That was, that was fun. Ben? Same. Had a great conversation, man. Really enjoyed our time this morning. Remember, hey, Mac, how do, how do people get a hold of you if they want to if they want to check out Triumph? We'll put your yeah. info in the show notes, but if you, do you have an email or a phone number? Yeah, so my email is mgreen, and that's G-R-E-E-N-E, at P as in Tom, B as in boy, C as in cat, A as in apple, C as in Paul, dot com. And then uh, my phone number is 469 312-7188. Make sure you leave me a voicemail so I get a bunch of calls and I'll never, never uh, get Love into it. this call. Well, so. so, and we'll uh, we'll leave that in the show notes for everyone listening. Matt Green, Triumph Business Capital, the, uh, the man, the myth, the legend from Alabama, but not a fan of Crimson Tide, the other guys. No, sir. So. And remember... Whether you believe you can or believe you can't, you're right. Until next time, go Bells in the 2021 season. That wraps up this episode of Freight 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all the other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes for links to any articles and content that we referenced on this episode. Visit us on the web at www.freight360.net. And if you'd like to learn more about a new home for your agency, contact me directly. And if you'd like to learn more about me coming out to run a free complimentary sales training for your team, check me out on LinkedIn or again at www.freight360.net.